Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. Joining me. Is it my turn? <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. Steve Classic. Welcome back, Steve Classic. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And Nikki, if you will. My name is Jason. Hey, Jason, where are you calling from? Uh, right now, I'm in Missouri, but I live in an RV, so. Jason from RV, what's on your mind tonight? I wanted to talk about how people say I'm a law-abiding citizen. Oh, it sounds terrible. I want to contrast that with the fact that just the federal government has 95,000 pages of law. That's the the equivalent of 23 series of Harry Potter books. (laughs) Are you trying to say that's impossible to be a law-abiding citizen? Yeah. I am saying that they are lying because no one attempts to read all that. Oh, no. Yep, not, not even the all. cops. And, like, actually, there have been a few people that have attempted to count uh, how many laws there are in the United States. And it's so voluminous, I believe is the proper word, there's so many of them that it's impossible uh, to be counted. Well, let me be clear. That's just. Um... The actual statute, that doesn't include the code of federal regulations or all the court cases you'd have to read to understand all that other stuff. Yeah. Your local We're zoning laws. We're about actually on the books. Yeah, e- even that is like nobody, I mean, maybe they can be counted, but who would want to? And some of them are so ridiculous, especially some of the state laws. It's like, you can't wear a green shirt on Tuesdays. And no one's going to oh, actually right. prosecute you for that. That's but... like another 20,000 pages per state. At least. <laughs> yeah, I think we've brought up here on Free Talk Live a bunch of times. Uh, there's a book that was written called Three Felonies a Day, uh, where it uh, basically says that what we're saying, the laws are yeah. so voluminous that it's, uh, on average, the average person in the United States commits three felonies a day. Let that sink in, huh? Wow. Yeah. Criminal. And what that is, is it's really like a sign that our government has a disrespect for the value of life. Oh, of course they do. Of course they do. Uh, They don't value it in any way, shape, or form other than to, you know, milk it for all it's worth. Yeah. I know. Harsh reality. Sorry to, you know, anybody out there, if we're killing your buzz, you know. Yeah. You. you should already know this. Yeah, the information is out there. The evidence is overwhelming. Overwhelming if you you bother to look for it. If you bother to look for it and look for it honestly without any bias. That's the hardest thing for most people to do because you've been biased all your life on purpose via propaganda. Well, here's my problem with it all. I'm an entrepreneur. At least I want to be. I called in yesterday. I wanted to start something years ago called MyBTC.cc. Okay. And even if I've moved on from that project, any project I undertake has the same problem. How do I act in compliance? And then since I'm the little guy, just a single LLC or whatever, right. if I'm not in compliance, they're going to come after me criminally. Like me personally, that LLC won't mean anything. Right, yeah. If you're a sole proprietor, they just come right after you. Well, the worst part about arbitration is the Federal Arbitration Act allows corporations like, you know, large cell phone companies to require you to agree to these arbitration agreements. And then if you go to the FAA, which is the Federal Arbitration Agreement, uh, whatever uh, company that they all use, uh, the first thing they provide is confidentiality. So when you're trying to decide if you want to buy a product or a service from one of these companies, you know, they have made it impossible to get fair information about the performance of service or whatever you're going to get. Right. Yeah. Uh, government disincentivizes so many things. It disincentivizes honesty. You know, uh, it gives people reason to keep uh, jobs that have no purpose mm-hmm. at all. You know, sometimes a government agency will be formed because they're like doing a new thing. Well, that government agency that they needed because they're doing the new thing doesn't go away. They figure out some way to justify their jobs to keep the pay rolling in and the taxes keep going up and, you know, the people keep getting screwed. And if they solve the problem that they're trying to get to, then what are we going to do with all those people? We got to you know, right. bring up a new problem. 
Well, it's like uh, in 19, you know, 29 Germany, I mean, everybody says about how the Holocaust was about the Jewish individuals that were executed. But if the, if everybody wouldn't have stood around and sat idle when they were killing, you know, the, the mental, you can't call them the R word anymore, but the mentally dumb or whatever. Challenged. Uh, or the crazy or the homosexuals. They set up the whole system to execute those people. And when they ran out of people to execute, well, like you <laughs> said. They're like, well, we built these position. death chambers for, you know, some reason. Gotta fill them. That should be a shame if they went to waste. <laughs> well, not only that, I mean, uh, during the Nuremberg trials, I mean, people were just sitting there saying, well, I was just doing my job. Mm-hmm. And they were That's like, what they well, say here. Yep, that's what. Yeah. Just doing my that? job. Sorry, I'd hate to do this, but I'm just doing my job. You hear that from all sorts of government employees, yep. particularly policemen. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look into any of that, they talk about how that was basically created by the Prussian school system, which we have now adopted. Oh yeah. And then they they actually outline the the corruption of the state by the the crimes that people were getting charged for, like. In 1929 Germany, they started charging people with crimes that weren't even crimes. Well, if you have 25 Harry Potter books full of laws, you it's can't, impossible you can't to know. It out. 25 Harry Potter series. Oh, series. So Not think about how big the series of Harry Potter <laughs> books is. 800 multiply, pages each. Uh, multiply you know? that by tw- the, 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 the entire series. I don't. How many uh, books are in the series? Uh, yeah, five, ten, five, uh, six, something like that. Uh, multiply that by 25. That's how many laws. Right. Are you're lucky if you're only you know creating three f- or having three felonies a day. I mean, well, <laughs> it's probably more than that by now. I think that book was written in maybe 2015 <laughs> or something right. like that. Right. I looked at it, I think, in the last couple of days. Yeah. But uh, the clip, the rate at which new laws, by the way, it's uh, January 15th, so somewhere around two weeks ago, a whole bunch of new laws went into effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the clip, the rate at which new laws uh, go into effect every year is 40,000. And none of them 40, get repealed, thousand. so that's just mm-hmm. more, never yeah. less. Another Harry Potter series. Yeah, no government <laughs> that I'm aware of, at least in the United States, I'm not aware of any worldwide, have a sunset clause, have yeah, an aging process, have a, and you always hear on the news, right? They like to run these on your nightly, your local news every now and again. It's like a fun story. It's like, oh, did you know that there's still a law in the books from 1742 that says, you know, you can't let your cat out after midnight on Tuesdays yeah, yeah, in the quaint. second, you know, and they're and as you're like, ridiculous oh, that as funny? that. Right. And everybody just laughs at it. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it's not Nobody funny, goes, though. why is that still on the books? Yeah. Why yeah. isn't somebody responsible that? for m- removing that crap right you know? and it might sound funny oh you can't let your cat out after midnight on tuesdays whatever right. but they are literally as ridiculous as that you can't wear a green shirt on tuesday you can't get married on wednesday these are the laws that are on the books yeah you can't you can't sell a pickle in connecticut if it doesn't bounce yeah that, is <laughs> that, that, that real that's, that's one in connecticut yes. yeah, like, seriously really? somebody wrote that law and it is still in effect today <laughs> the anti-pickle lobby <laughs> We and gotta, nobody thinks, like, can we get rid of this law? It's useless. It's senseless. Right. It doesn't, well, there, you know, also, am I going to go to jail because I sold you a pickle that doesn't bounce? Well, you know, yeah, minus well, whatever. It, it, it was it probably came in because there was probably some political contributor who didn't contribute to some politicians. So Crunchy they wrote, pickles only. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know that there's another one in Connecticut for taverns. This is the weirdest thing. I think there's only really? six taverns left in Connecticut. So the the definition of a tavern still on the books is so now you got to be a pub. Well, I don't know. the The definition of a tavern is that it, it you can only sell beer and wine. They're closed on Sundays. It has to have a glass front, right? No booze, and oh. women can't work there. That is still oh my gosh, that really? is still on the still books. Still a law, yeah. Wow. And it, it's one of those stories, like oh, ha, ha, ha. isn't that yeah, funny? Isn't this cute? Oh, look, not cute. Yeah, stupid. It's not funny. <laughs> Oh, brother. Well, <laughs> Captain, how you doing there? I'm looking for something. Checking, well, anyways, checking the magic rectangle. You know what? We, we I'm mentioned, looking for something specific, oh, but I can't remember so where I put it. <laughs> we mentioned self-responsibility earlier with that other caller, and I kind of wanted to touch upon that a little bit more sure. because mm-hmm. something that has happened in my personal life as a midwife, student midwife, assistant midwife, whatever you want to call my title, we actually recently got fired by a client and she literally told us that we used the word autonomy and it scared her 
because these are her words. She didn't want the self-responsibility in her care. So I'm thinking this is strange because a lot of our clients that we get, they love that we talk about autonomy. They're like, oh, this is why they're coming into home birth midwifery care. Before the break, we were talking about uh, ridiculous laws that are still on the books. And uh, Reason TV actually has put out a series called Crime Squad. That's, uh, well, talks about these very things. Here's a sample. One frozen cherry tart, please. Sure. You want the four-inch tart or the six-inch tart? I'm so sorry. You wearing a wire, you rat? They may be doing They may be doing It's a federal crime to call a frozen cherry pie a frozen cherry tart if its diameter is more than four inches. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you, solo. yeah, so for those of you, uh, you know, you can't see this, of course, but uh, of course, the the cops roll in and start beating the the owner of the pie shop in this particular case. Uh, you wearing a wire, you rat? <laughs> yeah. just billy club them. It's it's hilarious, but also true. Right. Uh, and in fact, they link to the That's actual the actual law. This is law. dot cornell. dot edu, uh, and it says a twenty one CFR one five two dot one two six frozen cherry pie. And it gives you a definition of what a cherry pie is, and uh, I'm not going to read any of this because, but uh, this <laughs> is where is. this is where the law actually comes from. There, there is a bit in here that says, uh, you know, the size of the pie, and it talks about you know what is or isn't. So it's absolutely true. I will uh, throw a link to some of this stuff. Yeah, it's like the uh, pickle. I think you know someone probably wrote that because someone was lobbying. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. So, someone was lobbying someone in Congress to say, hey, my competitor is selling these four-inch uh, things cheaper. They can't sell them as pies. So make a law that says you have to call them a tart. And right. who's going to call their pie a tart? I don't know. Or some governor was like, uh, I don't like these pickles that don't bounce. They're right. not as crunchy. So we need to outlaw them. <laughs> right. The bouncing pickle company did not contribute to my campaign or whatever the case. Or the, the unbouncing pickle company. Oh, brother. That was great, though. Yeah, they have a, a whole series of these things, and this is, like, each series has, like, four, I think, four featured laws that are, are not only ridiculous, but should, I mean. But that's what makes them funny, because they're true. The yeah. element of truth is in there. It's funny, because it's true. It's funny, because it's true. Funny, because true. <laughs> uh, yeah, illegal cherry tarts. Brought to you by your government. All right. Um, I have more to say about this. I can't remember what it is. So, so when they when they take away the 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 cherry pie owner, and they take him to prison, how would how would that person be able to get more cherry uh, supplies into the prison? Would they? Uh, well, can you can you bake you something and bring know. it in, or I mean, there, would you fly it in by pigeon? Or there, no, you don't want to know. Speaking of which, there is that's the method that people have used. We have this article in show prep tonight. In fact, it's the show title about a pigeon with a backpack full of meth, <laughs> cherry pies. <laughs> no cherry pies. It's got meth. But so first of all, I'm thinking, all right, you got to have you got to be a pretty like tiny seamstress. <laughs> Yeah, who made tiny, this backpack? Tiny sewing machine to you know. Then you got to figure out. Well, is it you know? How do you make it a universal size? Because I imagine not all pigeons are the same size. Well, you some have to smaller, recruit, some recruit the right pigeons. They probably need a harness too. They can't wear a person backpack. Let's go to Bad Slave calling from New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, thank you for taking my call, Captain and Steve and Nikki. Uh, Wanted to say one thing real quick about um, uh, home birth. I think I've reported to you before that, in fact, my two children, uh, 1982 and 85, were born at home. And uh, very, very happy we did that. We had, uh, you know, we had health insurance and all that to uh, to cover it, but... Uh, the HMO, uh, Bellon Clinic, the HMO actually, you know, I would go to the appointments with, uh, my wife to be my, or my mother to be. And, uh, she, uh, 
you know, we would just be your mother to be. Oh, your wife being pregnant. Okay, I got you. Sorry. And and uh, and she, um, uh, you know, and we ask maybe a little bit harder questions than the OBGYN guy wanted to, uh, you know, work with, and he and he just got mad at one point and looked at us both. You know, we had witnesses and everything. Well, if you want a natural birth, then maybe you should. Uh, you know, go out in the field and have it. I think that happens to a lot of people where they ask the OBs questions mm-hmm. and they don't want to answer those questions and they're not used to answering those questions because most people that are having babies just show up and they're like, oh, you're the expert, whatever you say. Schedule the C-section, right? Exactly. I, Nowadays, absolutely. Right. And most people that are like, hey, I don't want an epidural. I don't want to be pumped full of fentanyl while I'm having a baby. I don't want to take all these drugs. I don't want to do drink your stupid glucola drink. I don't want to do all these things and jump through all these hoops. They can get fired by their obstetricians. You know, it's like, well, it sounds like we're not a good fit. You better find somebody else. I always felt like OBGYN was like a radio station. You're listening to the greatest hits of childbirth here on OBGYN. Coming up, it's the top five most soothing sounds for your baby. Later tonight, after 10, it'll be the rock and roll baby birthing music. Brought right. to you by Gerber. <laughs> the Evenflow bottle. Anyway. Uh, All right, Bad Slave's on the phone. Sorry, I forgot. Go ahead, Bad Slave. <laughs> I, you know, uh, and, and I, I probably, need, uh, Ian would be, be able to better answer this, but. Maybe maybe you uh, or Nikki have listened in enough to the... Uh, I guarantee I have an answer, but it may not be the right one. Right, whatever. I, you know, this... Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the, the attorney for, uh, for, me, uh, for Ian. Mark Sisti. Um, what's Sisti, that's right. I got that one and, right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um that dude's got like a little bit of a ponytail, so Love like it. you know. The, and I was thinking like if he was younger and in like a like a I don't know what do you call it the uh, the butt rock metal band right with all the hairspray and lace and all that stuff he'd be twisted sisty. You know you're talking about juris- jurisdiction. If you take the case and you try it somewhere else, maybe there's a you know familiarity with the with the case because it's local. You know how do you, how do you find jurors? That may not know anything well, about it. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of that stuff is. And that one's sort of stacked too. The the jury they selected for Ian was like, uh, uh, they were like, "Do you own any Bitcoin?" And so, oh, like anybody who did, they're like, "Nope, you're out." Yeah, yeah, which doesn't make sense. And I think I mentioned this on Wednesday on the show, where it's impossible to get a jury that is cons- actually your peers, right? Especially when they're doing stuff like, "Oh, you know about Bitcoin." Out. Yeah, yeah, that's not. I mean, peer. that'd be like that'd be like be... if I was accused of a thing because you know something happened on stage when I was doing the band thing, and then I'm I'm in court and they're selected. They're like, oh, have you been a musician? No, no you're you out. Guitar? Yeah. Like, oh. yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, you're a bassist. You're out. You know, like what? You right. know, and that doesn't make I, any sense. And I think when juries were first a thing, you know, in the, the U.S. infancy, yeah, it actually was your peers. You know, we had smaller communities. Yeah. The population is just so huge now. Yeah. There, I mean, how many people live in the state of New Hampshire? Are you kidding? Right. Yeah. You can't. These can't possibly be anyone's peers. Yeah. Well, is there a definition of peers? I'm sure there is. I mean, and it's not you, that jury. Object, I can tell can you, you that object, much. These are not my peers. If only, I doubt it. If only somebody invented a device in which we could look these things up. Uh, magic rectangle at the, at the at the you know the instant we think of them hmm. at the speed of thought, if you will. What would that be? If only well, a my internet were connection is not that fast. If only there were a device, the interwebs, in which we could <laughs> look this up. So I, I looked up peer. Do you know what it came up with? Huh. <laughs> To look with difficulty or concentration. I'm peering oh, at peer, you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Peer or from, from a peer. That sounds uh, creepy. Make creepy? or become equal with. Okay. To make I or guess so. equal. Make or be, that's it? That's the only definition of peer. peer? A member of the nobility in Britain oh. or Ireland. <laughs> well, we want some of those peers. Okay, now I have this. A person of the same age, status, or ability as another specified person. 
That's not. So that okay, should if we're have been, talking about Ian's trial, yeah, that was not. None of those people were his peers. They weren't the same age as him. Right. Um. They weren't the same status as him, and they definitely did not have the same abilities right. so, as him. Right. So, 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 age, boom, status, and, and ability. Okay. So those we are the need. Three. We need technically inclined people. We need people who uh, own cryptocurrency and understand yep. it, and they all need to be clergy. And they literally did the yeah. opposite of that. <laughs> and they all They're need to like, be clergy. Oh, clergy. You know, right. Yeah. Of some sort. So that. That would be Those peers. Yeah, so peers. I, would, I would throw it out based on the definition of peers. Well, I throw it out. Yeah. I throw it out based on the fact that well, not even the banks themselves reasons, claimed any harm. There was no harm. Victimless this was no crime. victim, a no crime. Completely victimless crime. Mm-hmm. But completely that's not how. Completely victimless crime. Okay, but that's not how the U.S. rolls. Well. Pigeon wearing <laughs> backpack stashed with crystal meth, captured. By prison guards. Oh, no. He's innocent. They beat the crap out of it, probably, right? Poor guy. Beat Uh, the pigeon poop out of it. Poor lady. I don't want to assume their gender. (laughs) The head of the correction officer's union said he has seen drugs smuggled into prison, but having a pigeon bring them in with a backpack is something he has never seen before. Honestly, for, like, novelty sake, they should have just let it in. Like, come on. That's pretty funny. Just, yeah, you, know, I mean, you beat us. You know? Yeah, you got us. Come on, they deserve it at that point. It's obviously not the only way drugs are getting into prison, right? Yeah. They, they haven't been able to stop drugs from getting into prison at all. At all. Like drones. So the, the drug war itself is a farce based on the fact that government can't even keep them out of their own facility. I've, I've literally talked to people who were clean and then went to jail and then relapsed in jail. Yep. Because they got drugs in jail. I mean, exactly. Yeah. And boredom. Lots of boredom. Lots of boredom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on. So do more drugs. If you're bored, do drugs. Where are you going to get the drugs? From the pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going outside. I got to feed the pigeons. Better than the alternative. <laughs> and then the squirrel master came yeah. out of nowhere and Nasty, yeah. Pete was, Nasty Nate was... There's <laughs> a groundhog tunneling in with a backpack. Kenny, how long do you think you can make it in there? I don't know. Maybe five? Six thirty? Half-baked, anyone? Yeah. Anyway, uh, criminals attempted to smuggle drugs into a prison using a pigeon wearing a backpack containing crystal meth. Prison guards at a correctional institute in Abbotsford, Canada, Mm. managed to capture the bird in the courtyard and confiscate the contraband on December 29th. Do we have video of this, them tackling this bird? (laughs) (laughs) Send the Canadian geese. The Canadian royal mounted geese after that pigeon. Oh, my gosh. President of the Pacific Region for the Union of Canadian Correctional Officers. Whoa. You think my yeah, name is... I was going right? to say, he's got a big business These Canadians card Canadians have got me beat, man. <laughs> President of the Pacific Region for the Union of Canadian Correctional Officers, John Randall, told Global News, a pigeon was located at Pacific Institution inside the walls, and it appeared to have a small package. Sort of like a backpack attached to it. Sorry. Uh, I paused a little longer than I should have when he was talking about the pigeon having a small package. So it is, causing, so it is a heat. Causing Nikki to... Nikki's going into hysterics oh, over here. Man. It just caught me off guard, that's yeah, all. He had a small package. And the pigeon had a small package. It's a sort of like a backpack attached to it. He added, of course, I believe there was some creative work because the bird moved around quite a bit in order to track it and capture it. Well, yeah, I mean. It's a bird. Even the pigeon knows to avoid these tyrants. Well, have you ever tried to catch a pigeon? No. Okay. Have you ever tried to throw one? No. They fly. It can't really be thrown. (laughs) You can't throw it. But it was just outside one of the unit yards when it was first spotted. CBC News stated that a guard noticed that the bird had a small backpack tied to it. So they began to corner the pigeon. We've got Jerome calling from South Carolina. Jerome, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, sir. Um, this this thing with, um, with um, Biden and the, and the secret oh, doctor. Oh, God. Do you ever call about anything besides did whatever I, you're I watching hurt, on Fox News did, and CNN? Did, did I hurt you in some kind of way? Yeah. Oh, why? I don't know why. You I tell me. You're, you're always watching the CNN or the Fox or whatever, and, and you call in, and you're welcome to talk about whatever you want, Jerome, of course. 
But like, okay. oh my gosh, I, I, man! I bring up something that happened in your background, in your neighborhood. Uh, what about the spies they found out in New Hampshire about a month ago? Did you hear about that? What was it? They found some spies operating in New Hampshire. About I think it was about a month ago. It was on the news. Oh, I, I think they were selling selling secrets that? to the Chinese or something like that. I think that's that story. Yeah, I, I heard about that. Russia, China. Uh, and, I don't know. Hey, yeah. they're spies because they're not around. They're everywhere. Nobody knows what happened. Well, those those particular spies, they're in a lot of trouble. You know, just a normal average New Hampshire family. You know, then we find out they're selling secrets. That was the end of that story because I haven't heard anything about it since then. Yeah, so of course, uh, what you're implying there is that uh, because one family had a spy uh, in New Hampshire, that all families in New Hampshire are spies. Mm. No, what I'm implying is that no one knows what goes on behind closed doors, as the song that once said. You ever Pri- heard of that song? Privacy mm. matters, dude. It's true. Privacy does definitely matter. And uh, the world right. is getting less and less of it on a daily basis. Well, honestly, we you could say anyone? that anyone using TikTok is selling secrets mm-hmm. they're all spies yeah but i just <laughs> get a little whisper there at the end <laughs> let's talk about joe biden's corvette <clears throat> we not hey, talk about nice, joe biden man. no the corvette pretty, yeah but uh i don't think i'm getting into a corvette with a guy 80 years old sorry about that <laughs> i once got into a, a corvette with someone and they drove real fast and nice. that was like about 40 years ago 40 I never got in another one. I said, that's too fast for me. Did, did you ever, like, drive one yourself, though, and go really fast? No. I Look, I used to have, like, a little Firebird, uh-huh. a Pontiac Firebird. Cool. Oh, the the mid-engine, uh, yeah. 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 But, uh, oh, I no, that's the Fiero. That's the, the mid-engine. Yeah, sorry, my bad. I, rode it in, I drove it into the ground. I wasn't very nice to it. <laughs> but, you know, hey, I, I, I managed to pay it off. That's one thing. I didn't owe the government any money after I got out of the military. Yeah. When you had the Firebird, yeah. did you engage in drag racing? You know, driving really fast with women's clothes on? <laughs> Sarah's <laughs> not going to like that. You are sickle. You are sick. You need help. I, Actually, I feel pretty good, so, yeah. Hey, it looks no, good, too. Not. What would I look like wearing women's clothes? I don't even know what you Come look on. like at all, Jerome, so I've never seen a picture of Trust you or anything me. like that, so. Trust me, Jerome's not going to be wearing any women's clothes. Mm. Hey, I wear men's clothes because I'm manly, okay? I mean, you know, <laughs> you know what that brings up? You know, they keep sh- trying to shove this uh, gay stuff down your throat. Every chance you get. Now they got this guy has got um, RuPaul. He's got a, a game show. He's got guys coming out there holding hands with each other and stuff. I mean, come on, man. Just real quick because these are so much fun. <laughs> Crime Squad. <laughs> Aren't you so cute? A skeleton, a Republican mermaid, and a criminal. I'm an astronaut. I know what I said. It's a federal crime to use the NASA insignia without permission. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they come out with the billy clubs. <laughs> and, and, and a criminal. Yeah. And a criminal. Because oh. he's got the NASA yeah, insignia. Right. I For know those, what I said. Yeah. <laughs> For those Get who can't see these things, they're they're a bit visual, but yeah, Crime Squad. Yeah, it's a brilliant new series. What does NASA stand for? Uh, needed another seven astronauts. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was never a straight answer. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. Uh, there are many definitions. I'm just. Hey, that galaxy looks like my art project from Eighth Grade. Does it have a NASA I logo on it? That? <laughs> Better not. NASA claims to own uh, outer space. So like oh. uh, like some some guy we did a story I about it. I thought the aliens owned outer space. We we did a story about it. it like some amateur rocketeers sent a rocket oh, up yeah. into the sort Can't of do that. sort of atmosphere, right? To quote space, mm-hmm. like you know, barely yeah. exited the yeah. atmosphere, but thirty one thousand feet, and they feet. took a picture of Earth from that oh. that height. A Property picture, you know, of NASA, and yeah, NASA's like sued Ooh. them for copyright infringement. Yep. Well, if they bought a star, I mean, then they would probably have <laughs> right. it in book form at the copyright so, office. So, yeah, NASA claims to <laughs> to own at least the image. So I wonder if NASA is peddling the, uh, you know, name a star after someone. N-A-S-A, name a star. Yeah, so that's a good after. question. Wow. So who yeah. owns my the stars? Hat? Who is selling the stars? I'm looking for the guy supplying the stars. <laughs> yeah. 
Plug. They say stars are a dime a dozen. <laughs> Can you imagine hanging out on like a corner in like a big city with a trench coat? Anything? Hey, Get buddy, buy a star. Buy a star. Buy a star. <laughs> buy a star. We usually don't talk about uh, you know super serious stuff on the Sunday night edition, but I have an exception, and that is tonight. This is from the Free Thought Project. Uh, cops knew kids were in the car. They did a pit maneuver anyway, and they killed a twelve-year-old boy because of a speeding ticket. As they do. Quote, I've got my kids with me, man, Moore told police over the phone. Oh, my God, no, they're trying to flip my car, man, unquote. Paulding County, Georgia, as the Free Thought Project reports on a regular basis, police in the land of the free will go to violent and often deadly extremes to enforce even the most arbitrary law. If police claim to see you break one of these arbitrary laws like speeding, they claim the right to detain and extort you. If you choose to resist this extortion, police will then claim the right to kidnap you. And, as the following tragic case of Georgia, out of Georgia illustrates, if you resist this kidnapping, police will use deadly force, like a pit maneuver, including against children. In 2021, Charlie Moore was driving his teen son, 14, and his friend, 12-year-old Leden Boykins, home from a job at which they cleaned up parking lots for extra cash. On the way home, police targeted Moore for revenue collection, claiming that he was driving too fast. This week, video of the incident was released showing, without a doubt, that police knew children were in the vehicle and disregarded their lives over a minor traffic violation. When you see this dash cam footage, rest assured that you will all know that they knew there were children inside the vehicle, Liden's father, Anthony Boykin, said at a press conference Wednesday after the footage was released. Moore has since been charged with murder in Liden's death, and although Liden's parents say he does bear some of the responsibility, they're calling for the officer to be charged as well. I don't think that ever happens in these cases. Rarely. He's on administrative leave. According to Georgia State Patrol Incident Report, Moore was pulled over off of Highway 92 in Paulding County for driving recklessly at a high rate of speed. And when ordered out of the car for the speeding ticket, he refused, saying he was scared since so many officers were present. While pulled over, Moore called 911 to report the fact that multiple troopers were threatening him and that he was in fear for his life. Now, this is not unprecedented, and in fact, uh, police themselves have come out and said, hey, if you feel unsafe in a situation with uh, with officers, you can call 911 and, you know, that kind of so, thing, and, and okay. request like a supervisor come out, that right. kind of a thing. I'm scared of the cops, so I'm going to call the cops. Right. <laughs> you know, that just doesn't make sense. Right. But, I, but I get it, like, okay, I need... Sergeant a second, here. you yeah. know, like somebody different. He but. told he told the nine one one operator. He said, "I need for y'all to get a supervisor out here. There's too many police cars, and I'm in fear for my life." Liden's mother, Tony Boykin, said the new released footage backs up this case. Why are you pulling me over? Moore asks in the video. You were trying to evade me. The trooper response. Moore later asks, "You told me I was evading you. What crime did I commit?" It's called particular reason to suspect a crime being committed, the trooper says. That's a crime? What's the crime, Moore asks in return. You evading, the trooper says. Evasion is not a crime, Moore says. I smell alcohol. How much alcohol have you had, the trooper then asks. Dude, I'm on my way home. I haven't had any alcohol, Moore says. I'm smelling it, the trooper responds. Okay, what you smell is not a crime, Moore says. Unscreened caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name, please? Hi, I'm not unscreened. I always announce myself. This is Gigi from Charleston, everybody. <laughs> oh, we know you, Gigi. How are you? Good evening. What is on your mind tonight, Gigi? I haven't called this wonderful program in so long, but I am so happy to hear everybody tonight. Nikki, you are always a breath of fresh air, my Aww, dear. Thanks, Gigi. I have been learning the importance of midwifery, and I compliment you for all you do to help young and middle-aged and older women become mothers and bring life forward. Captain, you know I love your style. Aww. Now, I would like what to about say me? something. Uh, she doesn't care about you, Steve. Oh, okay. Fine. Your name came up at dinner tonight, Gigi. 
That's a good thing. I hope. And I think I think I brought I think I brought your name up tonight, didn't I, Captain? Did you really? I, I believe you did. I yeah. know yes. I adore Richie Rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no love for he's, Steve on, he's classic, on a, he's though. on administrative leave tonight. <laughs> oh, okay. Sometimes my husband wants to do that to me. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, hello. Even even though he's the practicing attorney in the family, that sounds like he's practicing he's, a lot. He's, he's always the gentleman. I'm the ma- I'm the mouse. <laughs> and I admit it wholeheartedly. Oh, However, it, it, two it, points it, of contention. It's as if I we love summoned the you. Fact that you are reviewing what happened to Mr. Moore in Georgia. I am thoroughly, totally disgusted once again with the crap on the news coming out of L.A. Another African American murdered with a taser. By police. Yeah. I I wish I would be surprised by this. I, I wish no, that... No, I agree you know. with you, sir. It doesn't surprise me. But it is nauseating to hear over and over such things happening. It's bad enough. Billy clubs, guns, big, big, heavy flashlights that can be used as a weapon, and now tasers. Hey, I grew up with a father who was a criminal court judge in Miami-Dade County for almost 23 years. And he was also a private defense attorney, mostly criminal law. Daddy taught me, never let a cop in your house without a warrant, little girl. When a trooper on the scene began attempting to smash in Moore's window, he fled the scene to preserve his life. During the chase, he stayed on the phone with 911, clearly indicating to them that he was not a threat and just wanted to be in a safer situation. Quote, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for my life, he told 911. They need to get them off me right now because I'm scared. I've got my kids with me right now. Everyone involved, from the 911 operator to the troopers involved in the stop, knew that there were children in the car. They also knew who the car was registered knew to. They knew the driver's name, the driver's address, and easily could have gone to his home after this to enforce the penalties for fleeing a stop for speeding. That, of course, didn't happen. Instead of applying logic and reason and allowing Moore to simply drive home, drop off the children, and then safely arrest him later at his home, one state trooper decided to conduct a pit maneuver on a car he knew was full of children to flip Moore's car over for a speeding ticket. It's crazy. Good hitting police. It's my understanding that police training on pit maneuvers is only used in like stolen cars. Well, or high like speed only in what we're going to call life threatening situations. But yeah, like, you don't do that over a speeding ticket right. when there are children, and you can't even be like, oh well. You know, the cops were just trying to help the children and they were, you know, they thought the children were in danger. Well, right. you just tried to kill them. Right. So can't even use that excuse. Right. So anyway, uh, on the 911 call, we can hear the trooper trying to flip the vehicle despite more pleading with 911 that he has his kids in the car. I've got my kids with me, man. Moore told police over the phone. Oh, my God. No, they're trying to flip my car, man. According to the 911 call, Moore remained connected to dispatch during the attack by the trooper, and the car is heard rolling over before Moore shouts, Laden, 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 no. He knew Laden had been killed. (gasps) The official policy of pit maneuvers is fairly specific on avoiding incidents involving children in the vehicle. Nevertheless, troopers decided... The enforcement of a speeding ticket was more important than the lives of two children, and it was carried out. Moore has been held in jail without bail for the charge of murder, and while he certainly deserves to be held accountable for his role in the child's demise, he was most assuredly not the one who killed him. You know what? I can't get down with that. Oh, his role in the child's death. He felt that those children and himself were in danger. I don't know how many cops were on the scene, but I know when I get pulled over in Keene, there's at least three cruisers there, so I can imagine it was three or more. He, I don't, I, it sounds like he's a black individual. Sometimes that can be a scarier situation because we know cops love to target black and brown people. So he was trying to do what he felt was right as a parent and a person you know 
right, caregiver the, of a child. The kid who died wasn't even his. It was his son's no. friend. And, you know, when there's mm-hmm. another child in the car, right. as a parent you're, or an adult, it's your responsibility to keep them safe. So it sounded like he was doing what was in the children's best interest because he was scared of the situation with the police. So he fled the scene, fearing for his life, and they're going to try to pin this murder on him when it was the cop that flipped the car right and he was just trying to get the children to safety right that is bs i agree i'm wondering if they also gave him a uh, another charge of like using a cell phone while driving they probably tack that on as well i'm sure they tacked a lot Ugh. of other charges on you can't use a cell phone while you're driving that's another uh, <laughs> yeah it's another penalty another fine The uh, trooper who conducted this pit maneuver leading to the death of an innocent child has since returned to regular duty. Oh, I'm sure. After a brief paid vacation. Major. So anyway, I got a quick story about my own recollections of the Georgia State Troopers. And then I got a question on your open carry laws in New Hampshire there. Okay. So this was a few years ago. A buddy of mine had just bought like two square miles down in southern Georgia. They used to call them patch. It was like canal on one side, swamp on the other, and a river on the third with a big, nasty eight-foot fence on the you know half-mile of road frontage. Okay. And they obviously used to keep mules there because none of the critters could get out. But now it's a home to some bunch of nasty, feral hogs. So we okay. were going down there pig hunting. And we're blasting down 75, heading to Georgia. And this went on for about 200 miles, seems every 20 to 50 miles. We were driving a big, my buddy had just, I think it was like the third year they came out with that black Challenger, you know, smoking car. But uh, about every 20, 50 miles, one of these little black, um, the cops were driving chargers. I think they were a little jealous. So anyway, they'd (laughs) pop out about every 20 to 50 miles and pull up beside me and, you know, rev the engine, bounce the nose and whatnot, trying to get me to drag race. This went on for 200 freaking miles. Wait, wait, wait. I just want to be clear because indica- we indicated earlier that drag racing meant driving really fast with women's clothes on. Were you doing that? Were the cops doing oh, that? no, no. Okay. Wrong kind of drag, dude. That's a show for area. Leave it be. Okay, all right. Continue. So anyway, yeah, they were trying to goad me into breaking the law. And if I had been, you know, a 25, 30-year-old kid, I might have fell for it and ended up with a pit maneuver my own damn self. Hmm. Pit maneuvered yourself. No, no the they other... might have, I might have ended up causing a pit maneuver on my own self by oh, I breaking see. their law and thereby giving them permission to get up my arse, as it were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've actually had a dream like that, drag racing the police. I won in the dream, obviously. But you wear women's I'll clothes win. all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was wearing men's clothing, oh, as oh. I often do. It's funny how when women wear men's clothing that they don't say, oh, you're in drag today. Yeah. <laughs> they just assume I'm a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, you got long hair. Yeah. Helga's a lumber queen. Yes. Uh, what was the other but, thing uh, you were you were calling about? Bata. Uh, bata. Bata. Oh, yeah. On the, uh, your open carry laws in New Hampshire. Yeah, you can just now, do it. I am, I, I am felonious. So I'm allowed to carry a club here in Michigan, which is what oh. they classify a black powder as. Yeah. You're How does that law transcribe over to New Hampshire? You're still prohibited at the federal level. There is, however, uh, there is, however, legislation on the docket right now by one of the uh, liberty-leaning reps in the New Hampshire. Uh, what is he in the House? State House. State House. Yes, thank you. Uh, and anyway, this uh, legislation, uh, this legislation on the docket, would allow for uh, felons to regain their uh, privileges of carrying firearms uh, after a period of time. That's kind of like one of the many peeves that I have is okay. A guy gets incarcerated, yeah, non-violent, and, and, and he serves crime. his entire sentence. Why, for the rest of his life, can he not defend himself? Well, and that's the thing, too. You think that, okay, if you commit a crime, your punishment is going to jail. Yeah. When you're out of jail, that should be it. You've paid right. your but if yes. you're, unless you Unless you get out of jail on like probation well, or parole or something well, for a period there, of time. But, but once that, that expires, your rights should be restored. Mm-hmm. But fully. then if you're a felon, it's difficult to get a job. Right. You can't defend yourself. 
and now I'm sure there's a list of, you know, a number of other things mm-hmm. you can't do being a felon or even just being an ex-convict of any crime, even yeah. if it's not a felony. Oh, if you're a felon you know? and you go into a bar with strangers and, uh, you know, you start chatting it up with some and one of them is a felon, uh, you can be rearrested for associating with felons. What? Yeah. Wow. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the conditions of your release, like, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Associating, uh, felons associating with felons is frowned upon by the Who cares? The police state. We're all felons, though. Well, yeah, three times, three a, times day. a day. Yeah. <laughs> three times a day. We're all felons. Have you committed your three felonies today? At least. <laughs> At least, yeah. It <laughs> should be like a public service announcement. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, do, do. Have you committed your three, three felonies today? Do you know where your children are? <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. Have you committed three felonies today? You've only got two hours if you haven't. Get those three in now while you can. Uh, Actually, it's 9.15 here at the Free Talk Live studios. Why would New York's nurses go on strike and what did they win? Nikki, do you know? I could definitely tell you. Uh, Do you want to read this? Sure. Do you have it? I do. Okay, get it. All right. After working through years of a pandemic at understaffed hospitals, hospital nurses are burned out. Yeah, that's an understatement. (laughs) In New York City, a three-day strike won them better staffing arrangements. And this is something, a common misconception when nurses go on strike is, oh, they're greedy. They just want more money. No, it's never about money. I've never heard of nurses going on strike because of money. They're going on strike because of staffing ratios. It's my understanding the, nurses' pay is pretty good. It's right? pretty good, yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I heard in New York City from a travel nurse that I'm friends with, they were paying travel nurses at least, starting minimum, $115 an hour. Uh, what is a travel nurse for our listeners? So a travel nurse is a nurse that gets licensed in various states and they travel from their home state. Sometimes you can be a travel nurse in your home state, but essentially they're just going... So the, you're a freelancer. Yeah, so they're contracted. The hospitals contract them when they're short and they work. And they you know work a three-month contract. So a hospital they, can't get enough staff locally, so they reach out yes. to these traveling nurses they, who come from wherever, wherever yeah, exactly. to help fill the void. And they typically get paid like almost double, nice. depending wow. on the... You know, like California and Alaska pay big money. For travel nurses, and right now New York City is up there with what they're paying travel nurses because they're so short-staffed. Right. And with the tridemic. Oh, the tridemic. Yeah, the tridemic. Yes. So, imagine- but, they, but they were they were short-staffed because they let a lot of them go because they wouldn't get the yeah. job. So yeah. they created their own problem. The hospital I was working at was so short-staffed. I was a CNA at the time. I was there were supposed to be three CNAs on the shift that I was working. I just want to be it clear: was just me. you're not saying that everybody on staff was not tall. <laughs> no, they fired all the tall people. <laughs> short-staffed. I'm screwed around. Go ahead. Small continue. package. No, but basically we were super short-staffed, and they still fired. They they only the hospital I was working at they only approved like three people's religious exemptions. Wow, I don't know why it took the government reaction to COVID and the lockdowns and shutdowns and the closings of things for people to realize that telehealth could be a thing. Yeah, like you know the same thing with like working from home. I've always been a a, a supporter of people working from wherever the heck they yeah. want to as long as they get the job done. Right, uh, but there are companies out there still that are like, no, we're a brick and mortar company, and you will show up and sit at our desk. That we, you know, it's like who's got to go to our cafeteria? Like if you can get the job <laughs> yeah, done, exactly. who cares where the employee are? They productive? Do they do? Do they earn their keep? Right, that's how you should be evaluating these people. The same with healthcare. Like yeah. all of a sudden now, it's super easy. You just do a little Zoom session with a nurse or whatever, and here's my symptoms. And they're like, oh, and let, we got your file. You're okay. Well, we'll prescribe you this. Go pick yeah. it up at Walgreens. And you're yeah. Bob's your uncle. You know, yeah. bam, you're done. And like it took like you know, it's the only light that I see coming out of the COVID craziness is that there is now a, a better mm, societal leaning towards things being done remotely. Right. Flexibility. Yes. I mean, the the time it takes for you to drive to wherever. I mean, if you could just like open up your computer and do it. Right. But I guess if, if you need those medical devices that may be at a doctor's office. Sure. Or, sure. You know, I don't know how you get that to a patient. 
Well, you then you got to go to like a walk-in clinic or something, you know, a right. place where they have that stuff. And right. like, but like that's far easier to facilitate than having to go to a doctor, make an appointment, go to the doctor's office, wait for the doctor, go into the office, have them do all the stuff that they were, you know, that they got to do to you while you're in the office. Then you got to wait for them to fill out all the paperwork, yeah. you know, before you What's can like leave or whatever, yeah. and you do all the bureaucracy crap, you know, and then get out of there, and then drive back to wherever it is you're going, work home, whatever yeah. it is. When like it's just as easy. To to open your laptop. Yeah, my finger's broken. Yeah. Let's yeah. see. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, I cut well, myself. Whatever. And, right. and typically, whenever I've gone to the doctor, they do the same stuff. Oh, I'll take your vitals. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Oh, you look fine. Where you know, ask me the questions, but they've never done anything to me. You know, unless yeah. they're doing some sort of specific test, and, like if I need a blood draw or something. Mm. But I can just go to a clinic. I can go to LabCorp and, and get if, my blood drawn. If you know? your uh, your insurance company. Uh, progresses the way that I expect many of them to, they're going to start sending you things like uh, little devices that you can plug into your computer to like oh, plug it right put in your, your arm in, takes your blood pressure. Yeah, put it right in your phone. Yep, put it like, in your phone, yeah. right? Scan, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So technology is going to evolve in such a way that it's going to, you're going to be able to do tests from home yourself. Looks like Alu Axelman calling from New Hampshire. All right. Alu? Hey. I want to respond to someone who called in last night, I think from Florida, and he was uh, mentioning all of his issues or reservations with independence for New Hampshire. Okay. The session. And he said, uh, oh, but what about the roads and the hospitals and the Medicaid and the people would die? Because I, I happen to know that people as, as dumb as like Captain Kickass and Nikki and whoever else is there would not survive without D.C., without smart people like Biden and uh, Pelosi and McCarthy. Like you guys would just die because you wouldn't know how to like balance your lives and i would uh, be totally lost uh, without biden telling me what to do every day yeah it's true so i i actually so there are some questions that you know are somewhat legitimate in some sense about how things would continue how our systems would operate without the federal government once we leave the union as far as you know uh the medical system and law enforcement and military i wrote a book addressing all of these questions Every common question, or pretty much every every actual question about systems, I wrote a book. It's called Articles of Secession. It's on Amazon for like eight bucks or seven bucks or something, and I, I, it answers all these questions that I've heard. And if someone has a question I haven't answered, I'll add it to the book. Nice. I've also had a standing invitation to debate anyone in the world on independence for years now, and no legislators have taken me up on it. So I'm open to debate. And I have articles and, and books out. So What's well, the, uh, real quick, sorry, I, sorry, hang on. What's the name of the book again? Articles of Secession. And it's on Amazon by Alu Axelman. I have a question about that. Yes, Can I get it on Kindle? Yes. Oh, my yeah, book it's on Amazon, on right? And paperback. Okay. Well, I looked yep, it up and I couldn't find it. So. No, Articles of Secession on Amazon. Should okay. Be right there. All right. I'll find it. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more. All for free at freetalklive.com.